Welcome to Live to Grind. My name is Brennan C. Adams, serial entrepreneur, inventor, TV creator, and speaker, passionate about helping others create something great and become unforgettable. Join me each week to discuss practical ways to help you increase your income and impact as an influencer in your industry. My goal is to help you take your business and lifestyle to the next level. Now let's get started. Welcome back to the Live to Grind podcast show. On today's show, we have Ed Sang, and he's going to drive home all about mental performance, mental toughness, mindset, which really, as you know, like I preach on this all the time, it's everything. It, it is everything. And there's some things on the show, he made me even think of things in a different perspective. And whether you're in, wherever your position is in life, this can relate to you. We talk about if you have $0 on your bank account right now, how you can look at life. If you have even a lot of money in your account and maybe you're doing some of the things right or wrong and how you need to really be in the moment. And he shares his journey, how he, he literally, he dropped out of college, he went back, he got back out of college and then went back and finished and his take on college and education and then how he did 10 years of tennis and now he's a mental coach for athletes, Olympians, CEOs, you name it. And we really go into the mindset, how our minds work, how to really, how he says you can't really control your thoughts and the roller coaster, uh, it, it's like in our heads. I mean, our heads, we have constantly conversations going on and how to overcome this and how to really take on life to the best of the ability. I love this show. This is a lot of fun. And Ed, we met back in the School of Greatness a couple of years ago and have been following his stuff. He's doing some really cool things. And also at the end, he's going to be giving away a coaching session with him, which I don't know if you can put a price on this. And I highly suggest, listen then, take him up on this opportunity because he knows his stuff. He could really help you in just a phone call. And uh, we're going to have a lot of fun with this show. But before we jump into it, I want to talk about Accelerate Media Group. Accelerate Media Group is what you need to ignite your brand, your business, we do production. We can help with your podcast show, your TV show. We can help with your marketing. We can do anything to help build your brand. My brand over the past few years, I've really built up and we've done a lot with it. And now we're duplicating that process. We're helping people build their brands and get the media attention they need with our PR services. We are a one-stop shop. There's what we can do to help build your brand, become profitable with little to no overhead, and help you build the influence you need to charge what you want and be able to connect with the influencers that you want to connect with. And also crowdfunding, we can help you raise money and how we've raised $1.5 million in the past year working with high-profile clients. All this, go over to our website, check it out, let us know what you think at accelerantmediagroup.com. You can also see there how our magazine is out, our first issue with Kevin Harrington and Caleb Maddox on the cover, Arm Wrestling and Greg Roulette and I with some cameras in our hands. You want to check that out just to see that is worth your time in just that little bit of time. I mean, dude, it's funny. Greg's like, dude, why did you put that out? I'm like, man, it, it just it covers everything we're encompassing, the four generations, and we're having fun in the process. So check all that out. Again, accelerantmediagroup.com. So let's jump right into the show with Ed Sang. Let's get started. Welcome back to the Live to Grind podcast show. On today's show, 
we have Ed Sang. What's going on, man? Hey, how are you? I'm doing good. I was just talking, you know, we haven't really, last time we did a call, I think it was a year and a half ago, we met, was it School Greatness? I believe so. You know, it's crazy how things work. I got to tell you, that group with Lewis Howes, so many different relationships, connections. Since then, we've had Lewis on our TV show, but it's like, it's crazy to see where life takes you. And, and now we're talking today, and I'm really excited to learn about your mindset. You literally know cutting edge stuff that nobody else on the planet knows. And we will jump into that. But I first want to know, and everybody wants to hear, where you got started. Where was your beginning? Where did it begin, and how did it lead you where you are today? Sure, absolutely. Um, I think the best place for me to start is, you know, my mother came from Shanghai, China. My dad came from Taiwan. And uh, growing up, you know, it was it was strict. You know, it was all about academics and, you know, little little Ed wanted to just play sports and, you know, wanted nothing to do with academics. And, you know, I did OK in high school, you know, uh, about average, um, below average for an Asian. <laughs> yeah. Both my sisters were, you know, honor students. And towards the end of high school, my my father said, you're going to study computers because he was in computers. It was a good field. And I didn't know what I wanted to do. So I said, sure, I'll study computers. So I started at a school uh, called Ryder College, which is now Ryder University, uh, right down the street here from Princeton. And um, and I studied computers, and I liked it, but I didn't love it. So yeah. after about two and a half years, I failed out twice. I failed out once, and I appealed it. They let me back in. Failed out again. I appealed it, and they said, sorry, we can't let you back in. And at that point in time, I was like, I am the stupidest Chinese person in the history of the world. <laughs> And I was like, you know, what do I do now? I wasted my, all this money. Uh, I disappointed my parents. I have no future. And uh, I hit bottom. You know, I, I really hit bottom at that point. And um, looking back, it was one of the best things that ever happened to me. You know, so from there, I did a little soul searching. And, and after, gosh, I guess a couple weeks, I... I said, well, I could either get my degree somewhere else in computers, and I had some pretty good contacts, so I could have worked in corporate America. But something inside me was like, look, if you don't follow your passion, you're going to regret it one day. And, you know, I don't want to regret anything at the end of my life. So so I decided to, to suck it up and, and start learning how to teach tennis. And, you know, that is so non-traditional, you know, from, from where I come from. But I basically called up the president and vice president of the USTA at the time in New Jersey. And I said, I want to teach tennis. I have no experience, but I'll teach for free just to learn from you. Yeah. So they basically took me under their wings and mentored me. And after a couple months, they hired me full time. Nice. And my, my parents said, well, that's great that you're doing what you love. It's great that you're making money, but we feel a degree is very important. So I found a school in Michigan called Ferris State University, and they have a marketing and professional tennis management program. Yeah. And it seemed like it was designed just for me. You know, you learn the business side, you get certified to teach. And so uh, with a little convincing, I got into that school. And the amazing thing happened once I got into that program. What happened was my grades skyrocketed. I mean, I went from being in school to being into school. You know, a lot of people yeah. are in their jobs. Not a lot of people are into their jobs. A lot of people are in relationships. 
not a lot of people are into relationships. So I got, I was into school. My grades skyrocketed. I didn't get a brain transplant, you know, but everything shifted mentally. So I graduated from that program and uh, started teaching tennis at the Princeton Racquet Club for about 10 years. And in uh, 2005, I was named pro of the year for the USTA. And uh, there was no more room for me to grow at that facility. So I started my own company. And that was the scariest thing I ever did and the best thing I ever did. Now, I love this. And before we jump into that, I want to hear your point of view. For one, you were in it. So was it because you were more passionate about what you were were learning at that point? Well, first I was in it, meaning I was just enrolled, right? Then I became into it, right? Then I was really passionate about it. And I was, you know, even when I was taking class, I was like, all right, I didn't look at it as, oh, I got to go to class. I was like, this is a great opportunity for me to learn and improve and, and help people serve others in the future. Do you think college is necessary? I don't think it's necessary. Um, but at that point in time in my life, it was important for my parents to, yeah, for yeah. me to get a degree because they were more traditional. And I'm glad I did it. But you look at so many successful business people out there, they either didn't go to college or only partially went to college or some of them failed out of college. So um, is it necessary? No, I don't think it's necessary. Um, and, and we'll see what, what happens in the future because, you know, especially now with student loans and, you know, things like that, I mean, college might be obsolete at some point. Who knows? I, we could go down a whole other podcast show on that. And it's for somebody listening right now because I have a lot of people that reach out and they ask, well, Brandon, I'm in college. I, I'm a junior and I, I just want to do my own thing. Like, I don't know if I should finish. What would be your advice to somebody that's going through that kind of predicament? Do I finish college? What do I go and get out of college and maybe listen to podcast shows and go on Google and figure things out and learn by experience? What would be your advice to help them make that decision? Yeah, well, here's the thing. I mean, and that's why this is such a such a great topic, right? Because even that decision comes from mindset. Yeah. And yeah. and I I never give people advice, but I help people come up with their own solutions. Because I can't I mean, I can guess, you know, um but people know deep inside what's right and what's not right for them. But I think a lot of times people are so cluttered in their own mind that they make bad decisions, you know, when we operate better when our minds are free and clear. When our minds are free and clear, we know whether we should, you know, ditch college and get mentored by someone or finish college or a combination, finish college and get mentored by someone, right? If it comes, it comes from your own wisdom and, and, um, intellect and common sense, you can't go wrong. Yeah. So there's no, there's no cookie cutter answer. I know, I know you, you kind of wanted one, and I know your listeners probably did, but this is better than a cookie-cutter answer. I mean, every strategy works for somebody. No strategy works for everybody. Exactly, and it again, it comes down to like your gut feeling and what you That's feel it. is right and having clarity. So you did 10 years of the tennis. You made the decision to do your own company. What? Tell me what that transition was like. So it, it was – fearful. You know, I, I went from a steady paycheck to potentially no paycheck. And, but I said, I'm going to do it. And, you know, I'm no regrets. And so I, I did it. And, um, and it's funny, you know, when you start your own thing, it becomes your baby, right? I mean, it was, it was so hard for me to name the company. And then I started writing my book. It was hard for me to name my book. It's like naming a child. And, um, 
And so I said, you know what, I'm just going to go for this. And, and it became my, my baby. And, and I put all my time and effort into it and um, wrote my first book. And uh, it's been on Amazon's top 10 for sports psychology. They still sell the U.S. Open every year. Yeah. Business people read it. Athletes read it. Musicians read it. And so, I mean, it's, it's amazing to, to see how when you start taking that action, you know, thing, things kind of come your way. Um, and, and going back to the mindset, you know, I was like, well, what's going to happen, right? What do I do? What if, what if I fail? Right. So we all have that little voice inside our heads that are creating worst case scenarios. Yeah. But just because we have a thought doesn't mean it's true. Right. Just because someone else says something that we can't do doesn't mean it's true. It's just their opinion. So um, so it was pretty cool that, you know, once I started this, I, I had five friends on Facebook, you know, and I said, I'm going to use Facebook as a marketing platform. And now I'm maxed out at five thousand. Yeah. Now, everything I do from being on this podcast to giving lectures, to being in Rio, working with Olympians, you know, people see that and I, I get tons of business from it. So it's, it's fun. I love it. And I'm serving others. And I think a lot of people are so focused on making the sale, making the money, increasing bottom line, you know, but when you shift it to others and serving others and adding value to others, man, it's everything changes. What, what you just said there is, I mean, the trend from all the people we've interviewed, it comes back to serving others. And at the end of the day, when you don't focus on the money, when you focus on adding value, helping others, the money does come. Absolutely. And, and sometimes it's hard. People, they're all stuck in the money because they need the money or it's just that that's what we're kind of bred to know. But I found out when you just literally want to help people and continuously, one thing I've been doing recently is just reaching out to people and having conversations and seeing how I can help and no intentions for any sales and just seeing where it goes and having that has really helped in a lot of areas. And for me, I enjoy it. But the one thing I really want to touch in, and we both agree on this, you know, mindset is, is everything. And for me, I do a warrior chant every day to, to build my mindset. My favorite book of all time is Think and Go Rich by Napoleon Hill. Whatever your mind conceives and believes your mind achieves. If you can convince your mind to do something, and that will show people will see that, but also we're like a computer. We literally, our mind is the most powerful thing we have. So walk us through if you were going to coach an Olympian, an athlete to, to perform at their peak, walk us through what that looks like for your coaching and for mindset, just what, what somebody take should take away from this so they can apply in their own life. Sure, and it's very simple. Um, but I'm gonna I'm gonna make a suggestion to you and everyone listening, and that is forget you, forget what you already know about mindset. Forget what you already know about peak performance and stress reduction and motivation and focus and confidence. Um, I want you to listen to me right now as if you're listening to music, and and just listen with an open mind because this is like you said, it's cutting edge. Very few people are teaching what I'm teaching, and I've spent my entire life researching. Uh, the best approach to mental toughness and and this is it and and so in a nutshell i don't give any techniques or strategies or routines on how to be more mentally tough all i do is i teach people where their experience is coming from i teach people how their minds work and as a byproduct they're more focused they're more motivated and they have less stress yeah so here's a great example I was working with a CEO recently, and uh, we just did phone and Skype sessions. And during the first call, 
I could see that his mind was going a mile a minute. He was talking fast, stressed out. And so I said, you know, hey, just out of curiosity, what's your stress level right now? Scale of one to 10, 10 being the greatest. He said, it's a nine. And I said, well, would you like to lower that number? He said, of course I would. But to be honest with you, if you can get me to an eight, it would be a miracle. So I knew that he believed that, but I also knew that he had more potential than that. We all have more potential than that. So we did some coaching sessions, weekly coaching sessions for a few months. And uh, during our last call, I I said to him, hey, uh, remember my question to you during our first call about your stress level? He's like, yeah. I said, what was your answer? He said, nine. And uh, and I said, remember you said that it, you thought it would be a miracle to get to an eight? He's like, absolutely. I said, well, tell me what your stress level is right now. And he thought about it, and he said, a two. <laughs> I mean, that that's a major miracle for someone who didn't think he could even get to an eight. And this is someone who said, Ed, I missed the birth of my first child, and I never want to experience that feeling again. I said, oh, you were working? You couldn't get to the hospital? He goes, no, I was at the hospital, but my mind was on my work and thinking about all those things, and I was not present, and I did not experience the birth. He's like, that was the worst feeling in the world, and that's why I hired you to help me be more present, and uh, you know, not only for business, but all areas of my life. So like I said earlier, you know, most people don't know where their experience comes from. So 99.9% of the world believe that something outside of them can affect how they feel on the inside. For example, their bank account, the weather, uh, a comment someone says, a customer not buying from them. So we can make a pretty long list for entrepreneurs, but you know, 99.9% of people believe that those things can affect our well-being, can affect how we feel. But I'm going to say something that probably zero listeners right now have heard. Our experience only comes from one place, and it's not outside of us. It's inside of us. Every single feeling we have comes from our own thought in the moment. So from a low state of mind, oh, man, I can't believe that customer didn't buy from me. This sucks. My product sucks. Right? What's wrong with me? Maybe I'll work at McDonald's. Right? From, from a high state of mind, it's like, hey, you know what? That's part of, that's part of the game. You know, some, some won't. Some will. So it's never the situation. It's always our mindset. Now, that alone is huge for people because if you think that something outside of you is affecting how you feel, then you're screwed until that situation changes, and that may not change. It's, or, it's, if you, or if you think that your frustration is coming from the lack of sales, then every time you lose a sale, you're going to be frustrated. When in reality, from a high state of mind, you lose a sale, it's like, hey, that's all right. Not a big deal. Next. It's our reaction to the situation and most of us, and again, this is just as human beings, we let emotions get to us and it's overcoming that knowing. And, you know, early on, I, I, I will admit there's still times where it's, it's hard to not let it get to me, but I've learned, hey, if we, let's say we have a, a deal where it goes wrong and I've, in the past two months, I've had some experiences that aren't fun, but I knew that, you know what, this is just part of the journey. This That's is, right. And n- not letting that emotion get to you. And even when you verbally like let it get to you, like like you said, darn, that happened. Man, every, things are going to be wrong or I won't ever get out of this. You're acknowledging and yep. telling your mind that it's happening. So 
mindset on that process and not let emotions get to you is one step. And knowing that at the end of the day, if it doesn't kill you, it's really not that bad after all. I I can simplify it even more and make it even more effective. Because I think some people listening right now will hear you say, well, don't let those emotions get to you. But when you're in that low state of mind, when you're right in the thick of it and you try not to let it get to you, it's going to get to you more, right? It's like if you're pissed off and you try to use a positive thought or a happy thought, it, it's it's tough sometimes, right? Yeah. So what's even simpler and more effective is realizing that instead of not letting emotions get to you, if you realize that emotions can't get to you, right? It's just we feel what we're thinking and what we're thinking is not truth. It's kind of like, Brandon, if, if tonight you had a dream and in your dream I said, oh, I hate that color shirt on you. I hate your hairstyle. You know, I hate your eye color. Would, would you text me tomorrow and say, Ed, you know, could we do a Skype call and make up? You know, you wouldn't because it didn't happen. It was just a dream. Yeah. Well, guess what? Our dreams are what we think about when we're sleeping. So if we don't care about our thinking when we're sleeping, why the heck do we think of, care about our thinking during the day when we have fear that holds us back? Oh, they're not going to buy from me. Oh, my product sucks. Oh, and I can't write a book. Oh, that's just as much an illusion and um, self-created as, as a dream. But it holds people back. And the reason why is because we feel what we think. And the more powerful the thought, the more powerful the feeling. But like people, like a lot of people say – you know, don't believe everything you hear. I say, don't believe everything you think. Yeah, that that's money right there. It's, it's controlling your thoughts. It's not even controlling your thoughts. And, and a lot of people say it's controlling your thoughts, but we as humans cannot control our thoughts. If I told you the crazy thoughts that I had in the day, you'd be like, Ed, go talk to somebody. Yeah. Right. Our thoughts are always going and it's like a roller coaster up and down, up and down. Here's a great story. And this is this is to prove the point that we can't control our thoughts. So my buddy used to coach Pete Sampras. Yeah. And and one day they're at the US Open and uh, they're like, Hey, Pete, you're like the most mentally tough player out there, huh? And Pete's like, Yeah, if you say so. It's like, what do you mean if I say so? Everybody says so. No matter what the score, no matter what the tournament, you're calm. And Sampras goes, Well, that may be what it looks like on the outside, but on the inside, I'm an emotional roller coaster. I'm up and down, up and down. And and this guy's like, I don't believe it. It's like, what's your secret? And Pete goes, well, I know that's part of the game, and it doesn't concern me. So this guy says, well, what if you're at the low part of the roller coaster at the end of a match and you could lose? Sampras goes, not only could that happen, that has happened. And that's part of the game. It's part of being human. And it doesn't concern me. So I tell you that story because even the most mentally tough athletes and business professionals and entrepreneurs and performers, they still have those emotions. They still have those thoughts, but they have different reactions to them, like you said earlier, right? You could have the worst thought in the world and still go out and crush it. You know, I give over 75 lectures a year and I get nervous before every single one of them, whether it's to five people or 5,000 people, yeah. but I know it's normal. And my reaction is not, oh, no, I'm nervous. Like, in other words, I don't get nervous that I'm nervous. I'm nervous. <laughs> and I'm like, hey, big deal. You know what I mean? I gave a lecture. I gave a lecture at Whole Foods once called Stop Stressing About Stress. You know, yeah. it's the feelings are not the problem. Your reaction to the feeling is the problem. And then it snowballs. And before you know it, you're just in your head. You're not even 
focused on what you're doing, whether it's giving a lecture, working with a client, or reading a book. I mean, have you ever read a book and then started thinking about something else and you go back to the book? Yep. <laughs> like, like, like read. The book is there, but you have no experience of it because your thinking is somewhere else. So um, it's it's really powerful to know that, hey, it's okay if, if we have bad thinking. We don't have to control it. It's going to go away on its own. I mean, Brandon, can you remember the last 10 thoughts you had just now? No. I so can't. did you try to control them and have them go away? No. no. Just go in and out. It's what we do. And a lot of our thinking is kind of below the surface. It's unconscious, and we're always feeling it. But it's like they say in New England. If you don't like the weather in New England, just wait 15 minutes. It's going to change. Well, your thinking is even faster than that, right? Your, your thinking is always changing, so who cares if you have a bad thought? You don't have to control it. In fact, trying to control a thought is kind of giving it energy and keeping it around longer. So to stay in this positive mindset and, I mean, to help with this situation – isn't power say pow, powerful to say to surround yourself with people that build you up, but also what you intake, the positive things that you intake from whether it's a podcast show, what you watch, what you consume does help your attitude and your what would you say what you output. So, two that's two parts, right? The first part is surround yourself with great people. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not saying that's a bad thing, but I have a different take on that because here's the thing. If you – successful and motivated people, that's outside of you, right? So yeah. like I said earlier, nothing outside of you can affect how you feel on the inside because the reality is some people are around successful people and they feel intimidated. They feel like their worth is less. So I'm not saying it's a bad thing to do that, but that doesn't create – the feeling, right? It doesn't, that it, doesn't create your confidence. It, it doesn't um, create the feeling, but being in that situation is better than being in a situation where people that try to shut down your, again, if you don't let that get your emotions, that yeah. would be a problem. But it right. definitely, from my own experience, being around people, and yeah, it, I, I do 100% see, like I, I mentally, I will personally say this, when I'm around yeah. billionaires and very successful people, Part of me, my thought goes to in the bottom of the roller coaster, man, I'm not there yet. What do I yep. got to do to get there? So, exactly. and because I'm not patient, I mean, it's hard with patience. So I get where you're saying there, but to reinstate is it is powerful to surround yourself with people that can help build you up. Sure. Sure. It definitely can be. Um, and I'm going to play devil's advocate, right? So imagine you're around people who are not successful. Right. I mean, I have friends who are homeless. I have friends who just yeah. got out of prison. Um, and so when I surround myself with people who are not successful, because I know what I know about mindset and because I know that even people who are not successful can't affect me, my mind is free and clear. Mm -hmm. And when I operate from a, a free and clear mind, I have so much love for these people and, and I'm happy to serve them because there's a lot that I can teach them. You see that? So I don't know if there's a perfect answer as far as who you should hang out with, but I think some people avoid toxic people. But yeah. guess what? Toxic people, I used to look at toxic people or people who would you know, be mean to other people or bullies. I used to look at them as jerks. I used to, I used to look at those as you know, like poison to me, but now I don't. People in a 
in a uh, low state of mind will be toxic and and yeah. needy and, and whatever, right? But that means they're suffering in a certain way. So how would you treat someone who's suffering? Would you just avoid them and you know let them do their own thing, or would you have compassion for them and help them in, in any way that you can, right? So that's how I see it. But yeah. there's value to hanging around successful people. I mean, when I decided to become a speaker. I sought out one of the top motivational speakers in the world, and he basically taught me in three months what he developed in 30 years. Can you, so I, can you I, say so, who that is? Uh, Dr. Rob Gilbert. He's um, he's a sport psychologist and yeah. uh, professor. But um, but I mean that's so that was definitely beneficial to me. Um, but as far as thinking that successful pe- or being around successful people will give you confidence or happiness that isn't necessarily the case. I agree. And it, so it's more than just success. It's people that want to mentor you. But I guess my question to you is, what is success? Define in your mind, for everybody it's different. What is your sure. definition of success? Um, at this moment in time, my definition of success is just living full out every single day. Because I, n- nobody knows what tomorrow is going to bring. Yeah. Um, but I think so many people are are so worried about the future. Oh, I'll be happy when my bank account's big and fat. I'll be happy when I get a boat. I'll be. Ha- I was talking to a guy the other day. He's like, oh, I just want to live on an island. Well, look, happiness is an inside job, right? It's if money was everything, every millionaire would be skipping down the street. Hey, how are you? Have a great day. <laughs> there's there's plenty of depressed and anxious and sad millionaires. So I'm not saying it's it's not great to strive for money because you can help a lot of people with a lot of money. But what I am saying is that our happiness does not depend on that. And we can be happy right freaking now. I love your answer. I, I love it. And that's close to what I would say. So what I, I say for my definition of success is being the best possible you can be every single day. And that's all areas of your life, whether relationships right. and presence again and i'll say in the last two months i've become even better at this being in that moment because when you have so many things going on like shut down seriously otherwise you're missing out you you may be there but you're not there that's right and 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 just be there in the moment and some of the best experiences in my life money could not even buy it's i think of creating a podcast show next in santa monica pier you ever been to santa monica the, the, uh, I have not actually. Oh, you need to go. And when the sun's going down, you got the pier, recording a podcast or something like that, or going through the mountains. And again, these are things that I didn't have to pay anything for. Just being in that moment, experiencing it, and appreciating it for what it is. And a lot of people, they they don't do that as much. But sure. the one thing I really, we talk about a bank account. And I know it's hard for somebody listening that maybe they have hardly any money in their account. They're struggling. What would you say to them to to be able to, and again, it comes to how the emotions affect them, but for them looking and listening, they're probably like, Ed, how, that's easy for but that's easy for you to say. You got to say, you have money. You, you, what about me? I have no money at all. What, what would you say to that? As, as far as... Just, um, your, just your feedback from if you were going to say to them or your thoughts on that to somebody that... Maybe it doesn't have any money in their bank account. Maybe they're struggling to pay their bills. Sure, sure. 
Um, and, and it's true, you know, we do have bills to pay and, um, and that's a reality for a lot of people. But if someone wants to really do their own thing, honestly, there's nothing wrong with getting a job at a McDonald's or driving Uber and doing something that pay the bills. And, and at the same time, you know, work on getting mentored by someone, work on your business, write your book. Um, cause trust me, I know, I know the feeling. I mean, I, I've been to, at a point in my life where I didn't have money and I had to go into my freaking change drawer and, you know, yeah. go to the coin star and, and put my, my coins so I could have a few dollars for gas. Right. So I know that feeling and it sucks. Yeah. Now, when when you realize that it's like all right so i can either dwell on it you know dwell on the past or i can take action even if it's just a little step i mean dwelling on the past is like if i hopped in my car right now and i tried to drive somewhere only looking at the rearview mirror yeah and i'd crash so i'm not saying it's not okay it's not good to go in the past of course we can learn from it and i'm not saying you shouldn't go into the future cuz you can set goals for it but you decide when you go there and the rest of the time just be in the freaking moment and I guarantee you you're gonna feel better and you're gonna do better. Great stuff, great stuff. Let's uh let's go to athletes. So I you play tennis. You you play any other sports? Uh tennis and baseball. Baseball was my first sport, but those are probably my two main sports. Okay, I, I rarely I don't I played I picked up a tennis racket a couple times. I, I played rug wanna rugby play for, wanna play for money? Just no, <laughs> no, literally, no. I'll challenge you in like rugby or something. I played okay. rugby, football, some other sports. Nice. But think so. Let's think about so you worked with athletes, and for an athlete out there, and I, I, I just comes to mind Michael Phelps. I did a show on him once, basically about his habits, visualization, everything. Yep. What makes, and every athlete's different. But what would you see out of all the athletes you see that are just very successful? What are their core? tactics or I would say characteristics they have that make them who they are? Again, it's it's really simple. There's no tactics. There's no strategies or routines that work for everyone. It's just the people who are the most successful don't care about their thoughts and their feelings. They just go because everybody, everybody trains hard so your body knows what to do. Yeah. But if you're so stuck in your own head, you're not allowing your body to do what it knows. So the more you're clear-minded and, and I'm not saying – to have zero thoughts because that's impossible. You know, it, it, we're, we're breathing and we're thinking from the moment we're born to the moment we die. But the people who are the most successful are just in the moment. The thoughts just kind of come and go yeah. instead of, um, you know, being in our face the whole time. So when I was in Rio, I was with some of the most physically fit people in the world, right? But mentally, some of them were like, oh, now this is Rio. This is the Olympics. Now I need to perform. Well, guess how they perform? Tighter, because they were trying to force it. Leading up to the Olympics, they were just doing it. It was just natural and free. You know, a buddy of mine used to pitch for the Yankees, and he told me, you know, Ed, some days you're only going to have 60%, but if you use 100% of that 60%, you can still crush it. And I love that, because it's very rare that we're totally 100% on our game. And some people freak out when they're not on their game. Some people freak out when they're not in the right mindset before a competition. Well, guess what? It doesn't matter if you're in the right mindset before a competition. You can still go for it. You can still do well. That's, I love that. that that's some good stuff right there. Before we uh, finish up here, I got a few questions, and I always sure. like to hear the feedback. So first one is, what would be your top three books that change your life or you suggest to anybody? 
So in the world of sports and mindset, uh, Still Power by my friend Garrett Kramer. Um, and I, and I, that's one of my favorites because that's the first book that I read that was less, I mean, it wasn't even, had, didn't have anything to do with strategies and techniques. It was more about learning about where our experience comes from. Um, and now he's a good friend of mine and, and that kind of shifted my approach. Um, so that's one, um, think and grow rich is a classic. Um, yeah. let me think of one that, uh, maybe some people, have not uh, heard of. I w- I'll say anything by Sydney Banks. S y d n e y b a n k s. Sydney Banks, and he talks in terms of kind of like stories and metaphors, but it's uh, it's super pure and um, and it really shows the inside out nature of life versus what most people live like, which is outside in. Good books. I need to check that out. I. Haven't heard any of her books. Obviously, Thinking the Rich, but the other ones I I personally check out. I'm always I got a huge list. I'm always listening to books. I nice. just I just listened to uh, the Rhinoceros Success. I believe it. It's like an hour and a half. It's a good one actually, and I love the short reads because sometimes I can consume that better. It's Rhinoceros Success: The Secret to Success. It's by Scott Alexander. But cool. another good one I thought of. I just listened to yesterday. My last question, for where you're at right now, what is your focus? What is the things you're really working on right now and over the next year? That What do you want to accomplish? What are sure. some of your visions? So two things. Number one, um, I have a new business partner, and, uh, and he was homeless in New York City from age 8 to 7th grade. Wow. I mean, we're talking eating out of the garbage homeless. And – that's a perfect example of how environment cannot affect you because in his mind, he wasn't homeless in his mind. There was more. And so fast forward, you know, a, a, de- a couple decades, he became one of the pioneers in hip hop and house music, went on to represent and be the agent and manager for LL Cool J. Then he became a sports agent representing over 50 NFL and NBA players making half a billion dollars. Okay. Now he's owned basically every car you can imagine. Um, I won't tell you how much his watch costs, but I mean, just a success story. So he and I started this movement called the Kairos movement. And it's basically imagine a Ted conference, but even more powerful, more motivational, more inspirational. And and we're doing a global tour. We've already had three events kicked off this year. And, um, so that's, that's a big thing. And and we're going to go international this summer and uh, a couple other projects within that. And then the other thing is, you know, I'm trying to use technology more to my advantage. I have clients in Hong Kong. I do online programs because my goal is to help as many people as I can. So if I can create content and, uh, and automate it and, and reach the masses, you know, why wouldn't I do that? And I love working one-on-one with people. Um, and I, and I am effective at doing that, but, um, one of my goals for this year is to to help even more. Are you using video in any platform or way to be able to reach more people? So I'm doing a lot of video uh, content. I'm also doing online courses, which is all video, um, and you know Skype sessions with uh, with athletes and business people and and students, um, FaceTime. So yeah, I'm trying to trying to use everything. You ever thought about creating your own show? Like a YouTube show or any kind of show? 
Yeah, I've played around a little bit on YouTube, but I think uh, I need to capitalize that uh, on that a little bit more. A, a, fr- a friend of mine is Tara Styles, and she started uh, teaching yoga, just like not like the traditional yoga, but kind of like more trendy yoga. Like, oh, here's yoga on Valentine's Day. Oh, here's yoga, you know, yeah. at night. And and now she's crushing it. And and I think uh, Vanity Fair, if I'm not mistaken, called her the coolest yoga teacher on the planet and she's now the personal yoga teacher for Deepak Chopra nice yeah so I mean that's that's the whole thing right taking action and you know one thing that we were talking about earlier as far as you know mindset and serving others I think it's a fine line because you have to be careful to not only serve others and not take action and build and build your business and make money so you can help more people. I think a lot of people kind of sit back and they just say, oh, if I just serve others, the money will come. Well, it may, but you still have to take that action. You still have to be smart about it. Yeah, 100%. And if you if you ever decide to do the video thing, I mean, I'm obsessed with that with multiple shows. I would love to help you because I know you have some knowledge that most people don't have. And uh, I just want to acknowledge the great things that you're doing and – Congrats to everything. And I know you mentioned before the show that you're you're doing a giveaway for a chance to get a co- coaching session with you. If you want to talk briefly what that's what's it about and how they get sure. chance for that. Absolutely. So uh, I do a lot of one-on-one coaching with entrepreneurs and obviously athletes. And I love watching people go from breakdowns to breakthroughs. Oh, so I love that. Yeah. So as a thank you to you and your listeners, um, I want to give away a free coaching session. And um, so my email is ed at edsang.com. That's E-D-T-S-E-N-G.com. And um, email me if you're interested and tell me your biggest challenge as an entrepreneur. And I'll um, I'll randomly choose one person uh, before midnight uh, Pacific time. And, uh, and we'll go from there. And it could be phone. FaceTime, Skype, Google Hangouts, I'll come to your house or whatever. Um, but I'm happy to do that because I really love uh, helping people and, and uh, seeing change in people. I, I love seeing transformation. And I think that's what people are listening to your amazing podcast. Um, that's why they're listening to it because they want to see some sort of transformation in their life or in their career. And um, and I thank you for doing what you do because I know you're helping a ton of people and I'm happy to help you in any way that I can. Anybody listening, you know I always talk about taking up opportunities and being able to better yourself. This is one highly suggest. I've known Ed here for like two years. This guy knows his shit. He he knows what he's talking about clearly, and he can help you. So take him up on it. Email him. And what? Where can they find you more about your website and other things about what you're doing? Sure. My website's edsang.com and uh, I'm on social media as well. And uh, and I just want to finish with a quick little story. You know, I always tell entrepreneurs, happiness leads to success more often than success leads to happiness. So many people think that, oh, when I become successful, then I'll be happy. No, no, no. It doesn't work that way. If you're happy, you'll become more successful. So John Lennon of the Beatles, when he was younger, his mother used to say to him, John, the secret to life is to be happy, it's happiness. So as John got older, he went to school. And one day, the teacher gave the class an assignment. And the teacher said, write down what you want to be when you're older. So John Lennon takes a piece of paper, and he just writes the word happy on it and hands it in. So the teacher looks at his paper, 
hands it back to John and says, John, I'll let you redo this. I don't think you understand the assignment. John looks at his paper, looks at his teacher and says, I don't think you understand life. (laughs) So that's it. I mean, we're all looking for happiness. We're all looking to be less stressed and, and feel more alive. We can have that right now. We don't have to be millionaires and billionaires. And that's what I do. Amen to that, man. Hey, thank you so much. I appreciate you coming to the show. And for all listeners, I highly suggest connecting with him and taking that words of advice and really taking it to heart because it's so true. It is true. And we have what we already need. We have it right in front of us. So for everybody listening, you know what time it is. It is time to go out there, create something great, and become unforgettable because life is too short not to. I'm Brennan C. Adams. Have a great day, everyone. I hope you enjoyed today's show with Ed. Some great insight there. Mindset, you know, your thoughts and how you think and look at situations is everything. He really drove that home. And I really highly suggest you take him up on his offer for getting a chance to get a coaching session with him. You can find all the details on the notes on livetogrind.com. See all the notes there for the show and the email address for connecting with him. And really, I highly suggest, I always say, take up people's opportunities they offer take this up send him an email that compels to him and makes him want to connect with you and who knows where that could lead you never know that's why you have to continuously put yourself out there and again always be thinking strong whatever your mind conceives and believes your mind achieves that's it for the show everyone if you haven't connected with me already please connect with me on instagram brandon t adams 18 I'm on Facebook, Brandon T. Adams, and obviously on Snapchat, BT Adams 18. You know what time it is? It is time to go out there, create something great, and become unforgettable because life is too short not to. I'm Brandon T. Adams. Have a great day, everyone. <laughs>